You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, welcome back to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this podcast was created to guide special educators in their journey to become amazing teachers. My goal is to provide you with the support and training you need to become a highly effective and highly successful special educator. If special education is your calling and you are in it for the long haul, then this is the place to be, and I'm going to be right by your side helping you learn everything you can about being a great special educator. So you might be asking yourself, what does a great special educator even look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are so many qualities that go into making a great special educator. Adaptability, organization, communication, collaboration, compassion, knowledge, patience. I really just could go on and on and on. But just as with anything else, we are not all great in all of these areas. I'll tell you that I'm not the most organized of individuals, but my ability to lead others is strong. I'm not the most outgoing individual either, but I do maintain a high level of professionalism and accountability. But I think that every person who is going to work within this field and be successful at it needs to have this one trait above all, and that is the devotion to improvement. As long as you have an open mind and are willing to learn and improve and grow, then nothing can stop you. So to help you grow, I have a little quiz that I want you to take. It's called the What's Your Special Educator Superpower Quiz, and it's just a short, fun, little assessment about where your strengths lie, and it helps you pinpoint your weaknesses so that you can make an intentional effort to improve on them. To take the quiz, just go to www.spedprepacademy.com slash quiz, or you can just click the link in the show notes after the episode. I've gotten so much feedback from special educators who say that this quiz is spot on, and it has helped them identify the superpowers they never knew they possessed and gives a name to the kryptonite that's been holding them back. Again, that's www.spedprepacademy.com slash quiz. If you're listening to this episode at the time of its release, then you know that Christmas is just a few short days away. And so I wanted to focus on something that I feel can bring the spirit of Christmas to our departments and our programs when we return to the classroom in January. I've been doing this job for a long, long time, and I've come across many special education teachers throughout my career, some of them who have made it within this difficult field as long as I have, and there have been some who have made it even longer, and I've gotten to see them retire from a solid 30-plus years of teaching SPED, and some who trail me by just a little bit, 10, 15 years, but the majority of special educators that I've come into contact with are newbies. Teachers who have either been coerced into transferring from general education into special education, or maybe by choice of leaving gen ed and going to special education after several years in the classroom. But the most common that I come into contact with are interim teachers, teachers who don't have a teaching degree at all and are placed in a program due to the inability of the district to find a certified special educator. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole reason of why there aren't many teachers going into the field of special education, or education for that matter, because that's a systemic battle that I feel powerless to change right now. So regardless of which path that these teachers have taken to get here, they are here. And they are beautiful souls who are ready to take on this profession with gusto and who are ready to put in the hard work of being a special educator. And then this happens. 
They have no freaking idea what they're doing. They have no background in disabilities. They have no training in how to work with children who have special needs. They don't have a clue what the paperwork means and why it's important that it's done correctly. In fact, they don't even know what they don't know. There is so much that goes into being a special educator, and unbeknownst to them, they have just entered a profession that is often considered the stepchild of a school system, one that might be left out of curriculum decisions, left out of scheduling decisions, left out of budgeting decisions, left out of professional development decisions, left out of hiring support staff decisions. I've heard so many horror stories about special education departments who, for whatever reason, are left to teach with hand-me-down materials and curriculum programs and who are either not provided professional development at all or who are forced to attend all general education professional development opportunities that have no bearing on their day-to-day operations. In addition, special education teachers work with diverse groups of students with varying instructional needs and varying social needs. Given these many challenges, the new special education teacher needs support and guidance from an experienced special education mentor to learn the explicit as well as the hidden curriculum or the unwritten rules of the school. Now, when I say mentor, I am not speaking in any formal capacity. I'm not talking about the program your district might have to train new staff, the mentors who get paid to mentor. I'm not talking about the formal meetings that they have with someone assigned to them. I'm speaking of something in addition to all of that, something that is not paid to be done, something that is not asked of you or expected of you. I'm talking about being a guiding light to another educator who is struggling. I'm talking about going above and beyond and out of your way to help someone who needs help. I feel that it is my job. No, I feel that it is our job to provide them with the support that they need, even if we still need support ourselves, which is completely true. One thing I've never felt as a teacher who has done this job for 27 years is that I know it all. I still learn new things every single day. I still need reminders of how to complete paperwork because it changes so often. I still need ideas of how to reach different children. I still listen to other special education podcasts to learn tips, tricks, and techniques to apply within my own classroom. And if you think that you know it all and that you have no need for your own mentor, I'd love to meet you and learn from you. But the rest of us, We need help. So I feel that with having this platform to reach special educators all over the country and all around the world, it is my duty and my privilege to be able to provide mentorship to as many special educators as I can, which in turn teaches teachers like you who can then turn around and assist other teachers you come into contact with. Because you don't have to have 27 years under your belt to be a good mentor. You don't have to know everything because you will never know everything. Even if you've only been teaching two or three years and you still have a lot to learn yourself, you still have knowledge that can be useful to a new teacher. Reach out to someone within your school, within your district, within your cooperative, within your state, within the online communities, and help out. Help elevate this profession by providing support to others. So today, in addition to just encouraging you to do your part to help out, I want to give you some specific ways that you can help others while also giving you the support you need as well. The first is providing emotional support. Providing emotional support is important for mentors to consider when working with mentees because teaching can be an isolating profession. Many new and even not so new special education teachers feel isolated, especially those teaching in a self-contained program or working without a paraeducator. Having a mentor that provides emotional support can help reduce these feelings of isolation. 
being able to talk with someone calms nerves, and it allows them to realize that they're not alone in the difficulties they are encountering. So when you're providing emotional support to another teacher, it looks like this. It looks like just being a good listener. Don't interrupt until they are done talking. Sometimes a special education teacher, all that they need is for someone to listen to them vent. They don't need you to offer solutions. They don't need you to tell them that you've experienced worse. They just need someone who's going to listen to them. You can use clarifying statements to confirm that you're listening. For example, your frustration seems to be mainly with Mark's behavior during the indirect learning time when a staff member can't be right there with them. Am I understanding this correctly? You're just repeating what they said and putting it into you know, different words. You will also want to reaffirm the things that the mentee is doing well. Just like in any well-written IEP, you always want to point out the strengths of the child. So do this with the new teacher as well. And avoid judging their actions. Don't go in all gung-ho trying to solve every problem. You're just going to have to take things slow and then, if asked, provide suggestions. So speaking of providing suggestions, the second way for mentors to support mentees is to give them ideas for specific lessons or for running rotation-based centers or for any kind of curricular support. Ideally, mentors and mentees should have similar teaching assignments, or the mentor must have prior experience working in the same delivery model with the same types of students as the mentee. One time, Mindy, my co-teacher, was asked to come to a different building to to give the interim teacher ideas about how to set up and run a self-contained program. Now, Mindy has taught as long as I have and is a very capable mentor, but she lacked something that made her question her ability to help in this situation, and that was experience running a self-contained program. She had only had experience running a resource program. Of course, she did the best she could, but it would have been so much more effective if she could have spoken out of experience. If you don't have the same teaching assignment as a mentee, then it's important to provide them with whatever resources you can find to help provide specific ideas for the lessons. This could involve finding information on the internet, partnering with a neighboring school district who has a similar program, or by putting them in contact with someone else who can help. You can also observe the mentee during instruction to gain ideas about the content they teach and to watch the way students interact independently and as a group. Direct observation of the students provides you with information about group dynamics that influence your specific instructional recommendations. Some groups of students may work well in cooperative groups, whereas others may not. And by being an outsider and watching this, you can give tips and tricks to the teacher where she might not always be able to see it from her viewpoint. And having them observe you is also a strong suggestion that I have for helping them learn. Okay, I know, I know, I know. You don't even have to say it. Time and scheduling constraints make it difficult for teachers to find time to do observations of each other. One solution may be to video a teaching session and share it with the mentee as part of a support activity. The mentees may feel very uneasy taping themselves. However, the opportunity to watch yourself teach and reflect on how others view you is a powerful learning tool, and it should be suggested to them. The third thing that you can do to help new teachers is to help reduce their frustrations. New special education teachers will feel frustrated by a variety of things, such as the amount of time it takes to copy materials, complete paperwork, or simply learn how to use the school's automated telephone system. One way to help the mentee identify and remember their frustrations is to use some type of system to remember what they have found frustrating throughout the day. I can't count the number of times something has frustrated me and then I get busy and move on and forget that I didn't know how to do that until the time comes that I have to do it again, and I still don't know how to do it. So encourage new teachers to keep a running list that they would like to ask you, either digitally or paper and pencil, as a reminder about what occurred 
so that he or she can later discuss solutions with you. There are several ways you can provide support to the mentee to reduce frustrations. First of all, help them locate classroom materials. Provide the needed paperwork and forms for notifying parents about IEP meetings and assist with writing the IEP. Anticipate that the school district paperwork, policies, and procedures will be a frustration for any special education teacher because even if they have taught SPED previously in a different district, they will quickly realize that each school is different. Each school has different procedures for completing paperwork and for complying with state and federal regulations. You can provide this group with additional knowledge of the specific policies and procedures of the school district of the current school district and give them the specific copies for any forms that they need. But if you're working with a new special education teacher without any educational training at all, you're going to have to provide extensive knowledge of special education vocabulary, paperwork, and procedures. My suggestion would be to have a cheap folder with all the acronyms that they need to know, a copy of the forms that they're going to need to use, any articles on behavior or instruction that you've come across that have helped you out, really just anything that you feel that would be useful and beneficial, and give it to them upon meeting them. Let them know that you have their back and how to contact you if they have any questions. By giving them something concrete and useful, you are showing them that you're going to be there for them in good faith and that they have somebody that they can depend on. And lastly, I just want to say that mentoring another special education teacher will look different in every single case. You will have some who pick things up really, really quickly and begin to bloom all on their own. And then there will be others who need to be supported more frequently and more intensively. Since I've asked you to do this out of the goodness of your heart, I want to also let you know that you are only one person. You cannot be everything to everyone. If the person you are assisting is needy and is asking a lot of questions and is needing a lot of support that you don't have the time to give, it's okay to set some boundaries. Let them know that they can contact you during specific times of the day. Keep a running record using a Google Doc that you can just type in answers when you have the time. Make a plan to meet one afternoon a week or a month where they can ask you all the questions that they have. It's not my intention to add even more work to your already full plate. I just want you to remember what it was like being that first-year teacher and how much you would have appreciated having someone who volunteered their time to help you learn and grow. And when we can give back to others in that same boat, it feels pretty remarkable. So in the spirit of giving, it is my hope that when we all go back to school in January or whenever you listen to this episode, that we can give a little of our time to help someone else out. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell just by listening to this show that you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I am so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to share it with friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review. They give an instant boost to my ego and they help others find the podcast as well. And then make sure you're following me on Instagram. I love to use that platform to add a little humor to our crazy days, as well as to provide you with motivation to get through the tough days, training on all sorts of topics that we need to know, and just overall support for what you do. You can find me on Instagram at Sped Prep Academy, and I've recently got into making some reels. They are way out of my comfort zone, but they are so fun to make. So make sure you check that out. If you liked what you heard today and realized you have found your Sped soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. 
Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.